Hello, welcome to Mindful Emory. I am here to share with you the benefits of meditation and living a mindful life. Together, we will explore simple techniques to bring mindfulness into your life. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Hello and welcome back to part two of Ralph Howland's interview. In this episode, you're going to find that Ralph's world collapses around him and he struggles with how to handle the sudden change. What Ralph chose to do is something he learned from his 12-step program, and it is directly linked to living mindfully in the present. Ralph chose to go through what was happening in his life instead of trying to avoid it, cover it up, mask it with outside influences. Ralph chose to stand right in the midst of all the chaos confusion, hurt, and pain to truly know what was happening in the moment. And by staying in that discomfort, Ralph was able to clearly see his own strength, his true identity, accept himself for who he is, and then turn his attention to help and love those around him. Enjoy this episode. What I was doing was hurtful to her, so I she asked me to leave one day, and I'm leaving a lot of details out just to kind of keep it high level, yeah. and because uh, I just don't want to hurt anybody. And um, so I lived. I came out to my son. I have four children. Came out to my oldest boy. And he said, I love you, Dad. I don't see any different. And Mom already told me. And I talked to my other three children. They already knew. Talked to a friend in the neighborhood that was in our church. And he already knew. And I had told my wife at the time in 2004 that I had same-sex attraction is how they referred to it. But I thought that was just something between us. But apparently it wasn't. Everybody knew. And they, all these years, they were talking about it behind my back. And that was just devastating. I had a nervous breakdown end of January 2020. And I just couldn't compose myself. I called a friend who was gay from high school. We both served LDS missions. And he came out after his mission. And... I thought if I get married after my mission that we'll resolve all this. That's what I was taught. And resolve all the turmoil inside. But 36 years I tried, it just made me feel more broken and wrestling with God more than I should have been. And uh, to take this burden away, to make it go away. Realized... um, so I called that guy and he and end of January and he talked me off the bridge just like the third time in in that month that I talked to him. And um, the next day she asked me to leave. And so my day I lived with my son and um, for a day lived in Tooele for about a week and then found a place to rent, a home to rent, or a basement room to rent at daybreak, 
and then three months later, I moved to this home in Rose Park and was renting a room. And then in June, after the divorce, I was able to purchase it. Back in in January, um, when she asked me to stop going to the 12-step program, I just didn't know how to respond. It was just, I, I, here again, I'm broken again. And the inappropriate guilt, because I think I have to not go to keep peace. And now I've left. And then in, in the 12-step program, I think, believe it's step six. The 12-step program is there's 12 steps and there's tools. And as you embrace the tools and work through the 12 steps, you get your shadows, your gremlins in your head, your thinking errors. You start working on those. And it's not overnight, but over time, after a couple of years, all that has settled down. But there was one last thing in step six. It talks about sometimes we don't turn everything over to our higher power. In this program, you turn over things you can't deal with. My will, I turn over to my higher power so that I can be in balance and in turn do his will, my higher power's will, helping those around me, lifting people up. It's not about me. I can't control anything around me, just myself and how I respond. And doing that for two years was huge. And in February, 2020, I, at the end of every 12-step meeting, we do a share. I had typed up a share, it was four minutes, usually they're two minutes, so I asked permission to read a four-minute share. And I read the share and um, came out to the group. And several times these last two years, I thought I would be rejected when I lost my absence with food with this 12-step group or coming out that I would, I would lose everything. And, but in February I did. And all they gave me was just love. They didn't reject me. My sponsor said, come here, Ralph, gave me a hug and said, we can't control who we love. And I realized this is how I came into this planet and I don't need to suppress it. I need to embrace it and understand it. The alternative was not working because I was about dead. And um, you were choosing at that time to be someone else to fit in. Yes. And that doesn't didn't feel natural. It didn't feel natural. Now, I, for two years, I even had my daughter live with me for a year, and I'm like, how come, you know, after a couple of years, I'm like, after a year, we haven't fought once. When I was, I say, drinking the Kool-Aid, in, in before raising her, she was bisexual. I didn't know until I, we talked and I, I had we had suspicions she was but she just didn't want to be Mormon she didn't want to force down her throat and that's what we were doing before I would see my daughter all I'd see is tattoos and piercings and her lifestyle now all I see is my princess because you've removed that what condition what am I conditioned into one of my affirmations, I have a few affirmations. One of them is, I don't judge. 
and I accept all diversity. And if I don't understand it, I'm not going to judge it and say it's wrong. I'm going to learn about it. And um, another affirmation is, no matter what my higher power, the universe, Mother Nature, humanity throws at me, I'm going to accept it with gratefulness, with gratitude. And yeah, there's emotions around some of it, but I'm not going to be stuck in emotion ever again because it did work. Fear didn't work, lying didn't work, guilt and shame didn't work. With all that gone, I'm like, wow, this is how people live in society. They're happy, they're well-adjusted, they're balanced. You can do really hard stuff and it's no big deal. It's amazing to me. Being authentic, being a vulnerable, living, the way you feel you should live, not by conditions placed on you that aren't your choice, is amazing. I mean, obey the law of the land, the best of your ability, but men and people interpreting how you should live, you all need to be this round pig. Every single person on this planet needs to be this round peg that fits in this square hole. Or what is it, square? Square fit, yeah. Square peg in a round hole. I'm, I'm not that square peg. Never have been, never will be. I never fit in these organizations that want me to be this square peg. My daughter didn't, and she is still suffering from that mindset. Many of us in the community, in the world are suffering from other people's interpretation of how we're supposed to live. Oh, by the way, we need your money too while we're at it. Yeah. And you know what, I, I contribute all that where you're saying you need to be a certain way to fit in, all of that is based in fear. Yeah. Their own fears, right? Like, oh, we don't want people to go too crazy or they don't want, we don't want them to do this or that, so we're gonna place this rule or this law about you out of fear. But when we break away from that, we make our own choices and we live our life through love, doesn't the energy just flow much better? It's amazing. There's no restriction. Mm -hmm. There's no friction. No. It just flows. And when you open your heart to universe, whatever you want to call it, the universe brings it back to you 10 times fold. Yeah. I've realized this last two years, when you are on the right side of the law, the right side of humanity in the universe, that everything works out, that we have the power within us to work anything out. We just need to tap into that and be free of other people's ideas, organizations, dogmas, how we have to live and exist. No, yeah, we're not supposed to speed, we're not supposed to steal, we shouldn't be robbing banks or killing people. Obey the laws of the land. But when it comes to humanity, being on the right side of everything and living with true unconditional love is just night and day. Night and day. And I, I applaud that too. Like that's my everyday belief. And yeah. what I want to know is First, I say thank you for sharing the history, but I also want to know what are you doing today 
to start your day? So the same thing, I get up, uh, read for five minutes or 15 minutes or half an hour and journal my experience, faith and hope for the last 24 hours of what I've read. Maybe something's happened and it was a trigger. And so as I read and study, I those things that I'm trying to resolve come back into my mind based on what I've studied or read. And I resolve them a lot of times and journal it. And then I go to the gym. In the past, before 2020, everything, or before I started the 12-step program, everything resolved around losing weight because I was killing myself or self-medicating, binging with food. So I would run myself to death to lose a pound or to try to look better because some days I'd wake up and I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to fit in my clothes to go to work. And I put them on, oh good, they fit. And for two years, not too long ago, I wore the same pair of pants for two years and like about three shirts because I was just so low, so bottom. So now I get up for physical health, emotional health, and spiritual health. And so I do my studying and journaling. I, I have a food program that I follow that I worked out these last four years and worked with my sponsor. And I go to the gym for that physical health. If I'm gonna do cardio, it's for 20 minutes, not for several hours. And just for the cardiovascular health of it all and the mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And then work. And then, um, been dating the last two years and spending time with friends, either camping, going to dinner during the week. Um, it's kind of my life now. Do you feel a difference where, do you feel now that mind, body, and heart are in alignment? So much so. In the beginning of January of 2021, my nephew on my mom's, half nephew on my mom's side, had a retreat and it was a relationship retreat. And while I was there, we it was so mind opening. It was like life coaching experience, therapy experience. And we talked about the five elements, wind, wood, fire, metal, earth, something like that. And that each one of those has an emotion like uh, fear, anger, guilt, shame type things. And that each one of us has all these elements in us and all these emotions in us. And when they're out of balance, it's like a plate spinning. When they're in balance, that plate is spinning and humming. When it's out of balance, it's, it's wobbling or broken. If I don't love myself, which I didn't until these last two years, I've worked on that. How can I love somebody else? If I'm broken, which I was, how can I have a proper relationship with somebody else? So these last two years, I've worked on these emotions. 
So I felt my plate spinning and humming along where I can have connection with others, those that I'm dating. And it's so overwhelming because it's so new. The first time I felt this connection, it wasn't sexual. It felt electric. It, it was, I was at the gym, City Creek, downtown. And this guy I've been chatting with for a while, he's in a monogamous, monogamous relationship and um, with his partner, ex-Mormon, return missionary, just comes up and gives me this big hug, kisses me on my neck three times and on the cheek and says, good afternoon, and walks away. Okay, 59 years on this planet, I never, ever felt and I can't explain what that feeling is but it was a connection it was something that I should have been feeling with my spouse all these years and I realized these last two years she needs somebody in her life that can give her that connection yeah we were friends we have four children but there that connection wasn't there and that's what's different now, is that having my life in balance, a plate spinning and humming along, it's not hard to live in the community. It's not hard to work. It's not hard to exist anymore. I'm not broken anymore. That's lovely to hear. And when you do come across something that maybe is a challenge, you have the tools. It's, to face it and, and go through that. Yes. I was at a meeting at work. That I, we got a high ticket, and I knew what it was, and the co-worker was working on it, and it was an issue at the VA hospital. And so we had this meeting with the federal government, basically, the University of Utah, our team, we're all meeting, and I came to a point, I said, I'm going to do this, you watch it on the wire, see what, how it flows, I explained how it's supposed to flow. They tried it at the VA hospital, they saw the errors, and they realized what the problem was. I knew what it was right when I saw the ticket, but a month later, we're finally meeting about it, because the, the guy that had the ticket was doing his best to try to resolve it, but he needed somebody at my level to work this out. I've been there 11 years in, in a senior engineer in the IT department. So we had the meeting and they finally realized it was a network issue and they were going to work it out, these two entities, and figure out that a change was made on the VA network side and our network team was going to help them resolve it. So the ticket wasn't in our queue anymore. We sent it over to, for them to work on it. And the next day, my coworkers like, how'd you do that? How did I do what? How did you do that? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I called him and he's like, dude, they were beating us, throwing us under the bus. He was angry at us and you just eloquently walked him through it without taking it personal, without getting angry, without being frustrated or firing off bad emails and getting in trouble. 
how did you do that? It's like, so I explained them what was going on in my life. Usually, when somebody starts attacking me, I'd take it personal. And I would act inappropriate at work or in my personal life. And I was always in awe when I would see somebody else not take things personal and not get emotional or angry. And I finally did it without even having to think about the tools. It was natural. And I believe it's because of the last two years that I've been able to keep myself in balance. And it doesn't, it, it's not 100% because it's not about perfection. In my food program, in life, perfection is an issue. It's a character trait that can be out of balance and become a character defect. But when it works, it's a miracle for me. And it's an awesome feeling to be able to do really, really hard things when I haven't been able to my whole life. And that's a great sigh of relief. It is. Yeah. Uh, I have a, one more question for you. And if you think of yourself, envision yourself, look yourself in the mirror today, what's a word that describes Ralph? <laughs> love and just do me just be me I love it yeah. no complications no hang-ups just and isn't that just, just like freeing. I was gonna say isn't that just so free like yeah. all the weight of the world just kind of flows off your back because you know who you are you know where your your place in the world is and you own it. Yeah. It, organization, yeah. Organizations, the federal government, you know, people, life happens, things happen, and so in, in a couple groups I'm in, they rely, it's not that they rely on me, it's that I'm able to do hard things that others are too upset about or too much emotions around it and I feel it's just these last two years everything I've done in the four agreements was just perfect for me the second agreement is don't take anything personally because what others do is not because of you and it's something to I mean that's a very simplification of it but basically that's it and somebody cuts you off driving, I don't need to get all angry and start screaming because I don't know what's going on in that car. Mm -hmm. And, or I'm at the grocery store or shopping and something's not going right with the clerk or at the bank. And I don't, it's not their problem, it's not my problem to be able to stay grounded, stay free of the anger, the fear, is just amazing. And that is what life should be like. Yeah. It does take work. It does take it does. Um, effort every day to start your day, set the tone, right? With your journaling and your reflection and carrying that through the day. And then the next day you start over again. You, I feel a difference if I don't meditate or journal during the beginning of my day. Or if I go a couple days because life just gets whatever, we're on vacation or whatever, right? 
I do feel a difference when I don't do those things. Yeah. But I don't beat myself up about it anymore because I'm human and I'm trying to stay in the flow. And the, the four agreements, I like to give it out every year for Christmas to people. Awesome. And I spread it around because I am a true believer in all four agreements. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you. Um, this has been uh, an honor and a privilege to speak with you. I've known you about a year now, mm -hmm. and now I feel like I know you even better. And thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Mindful Emery. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow wherever you listen. And follow me on social media at Mindful Emery for Facebook and Instagram, as well as my website, mindfulemery.com.